When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Wrestling Inc. Welcome to our post Ring of Honor Final Battle podcast live show here on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel. It is me, the managing editor, Nick Hausman, and uh, we are going to be talking all of the, the huge historic final battle that just wrapped up. A lot of opinions about the show. And at my side for the entire show here tonight is uh, our good friend here from the Wrestling Inc., the author of the Winter of Roads piece that did not come to pass. Michael Weissman, Michael, welcome to the welcome to the post post final battle show. Good, 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 good evening to you too, Nick Halsman. Uh, wonder, yeah, hey, look, they didn't <laughs> see that. I was just waiting for. the Oh, show it's okay. I bring all that stuff in. You've never podcasted with me that much, but yeah, we bring all the behind the scene behind the scenes stuff. It's Vince Russo style. We podcast Vince Russo. We'll be racist here in a little bit. It's gonna be good. It's all good. Come on, let's not go there. That, that's not oh, all sorry. right. We're not here to throw throw any shade. To we just way. watched six grown men bleed out inside of a ring, but we can't insult Vince Russo on this show, really, Nick. No, really? come on. We're we're gonna play. We're gonna try to create a, a dome of positivity here yeah. tonight. I'm in far too good of a mood right yeah. now. Uh, it was a good show. It was an awesome show. So yeah, it was a very good show. We are gonna talk about final battle here. Uh, we're gonna dive deeply into it, but you know, it was kind of a, a unique historical night just because of what Ring of Honor did. We had two wrestling promotions going head-to-head on national platforms, not TV, because, of course, uh, Final Battle was on pay-per-view. But over on the BN Network, MLW presented their first live fusion. And covering that show tonight for Wrestling Inc., we had Joey G. I've got Joey here. Joey, thank you for joining us at the top of the show. Gentlemen, thank you for having me. Now, Joey, you watched MLW's first live fusion. I thought this was going to be a two-hour show. I guess this was a a one-hour show they did tonight. So it was a one-hour live show that they broadcast, uh, and then they the entire live event was probably two or three hours because they taped a few extra matches for Fusion for the next couple of weeks. Um, my stream did not have any uh, included uh, best of MLW, which is what I believe they initially announced. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was a solid hour of, uh, of wrestling. There were some technical difficulties, but uh, a real mixed bag uh, of an event. Let's start there. I say this is the dome of positivity, but we got to get some negativity out there. What were the production issues? That's what has historically plagued promotions like Ring of Honor in the past. Yeah, absolutely. So there were just uh, times during matches where spots were missed, uh, faulty camera work. Uh, the biggest issue was uh, the commercials were not uh, in sync with um, with the performers. So they would have a segment where uh, they were filming a brawl, but the brawl didn't get to be concluded because of an early commercial break. Same thing in a match. Uh, Shivani and uh, Rick were, or Rich were both on commentary, uh, and just in the middle of the match, they would cut to commercial uh, without any uh, like notice or addressing. So, not the biggest of deals, but definitely noticeable in a very short hour. Well, I mean, I didn't see it, but that kind of sounds like a big deal if, like, you're you know not throwing to commercials and things like that. Yeah, and it didn't happen every single time, but uh, there were times where literally mid-match in the opening bout, which was a fatal five-way ladder match, uh, in the middle of a spot, we just cut to a commercial for a, um, a FIFA soccer match. And, yeah, no heads up, no nothing. It was a real, it was a real curveball. Huh. Well, Michael, do you have any questions? I got a couple here, but do you have anything you want to know about what happened with the uh, the first MLW live fusion tonight? Um, no, interesting that uh, that they were going head-to-head, but biggest thing, you mentioned production values, and I think it's interesting talking about MLW right now, considering where Ring of Honor has come, and right. yet, but but they still missed a couple of huge spots in yeah. their own show, so. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Well, look, it was much different, you know, because, like, there were a couple spots, especially in that ladder match, it's like, yeah. oh, wow, where did, who was it, Mark Briscoe, where'd he go? Yes. Yeah, um, missed but- a big spot right there, too, that was a pretty, pretty heinous drop. Well, but like the lighting stuff was always a knock on Ring of Art. Yes. Tonight's show was shot beautifully. We'll get to it here in just a moment. But any other takeaways, Joey? You, let's talk about the matches a little bit. What kind of action did you? Uh, feel? So we had three matches. Uh, the first bout was a uh, fatal four-way ladder match for the vacant middleweight title. Now this match had a lot of controversy already because it was supposed to include uh, competitors MJF, Jason Cade, Marco Stunt, all guys who went down with injury within the last two weeks. 
they subbed in a D Desmond Xavier who made his MLW debut. Cotto Brazil remained in the match. Uh, and then they added Teddy Hart at the last moment. Teddy Hart actually ended up walking away with the title uh, in a move that I think happened because in this initial taping, it was supposed to be the Hart Foundation versus the Lucha Brothers. But Phoenix, Ray Phoenix, also went down with injury. Uh, and I think because they didn't were unable to give the Hart Foundation the tag belts, uh, Teddy Hart took the middleweight belt, which I think is a good move. The Hart Foundation has been super over in MLW, especially Teddy Hart, who does some amazing things and makes them lo all look very, very easy, um, yeah. which I'm assuming he's just intoxicated all the time. That's no, the only way that makes sense. Oh, we've gone back into the dome of negativity here. You just throw in <laughs> I didn't say that was a, I didn't say that was a negative thing. There's nothing wrong with him being intoxicated all that the time. That man is a saint. Look that man, he is the saint on top of every tequila bottle, which is not a big deal. So he can he can enjoy that. Uh, second match was a, a quick a quick affair between um, uh, DJZ and Dragon Lee, also both making their debuts. Probably the match of the taping. Uh, How can that not be? Those guys are both incredible. They were both incredible. They showed off their athleticism. Uh, just a good solid bout. The main event was. Uh, uh, Rush or Roosh, as they call him, uh, uh, against uh, Rich Swan, which was a fine match, an odd one to close your live taping. Uh, they worked well together, but they were all setting up future bouts. Um, LA Park came out afterwards to tease Rush and, of course, or took tease Roosh, and of course, him and Roosh had uh, a huge feud in CMLL, and now they're translating it over to MLW, so it should be a lot of fun. Wow. Uh, I, I'm excited to see what ML, how MLW finds its footing again. You know, like Michael said, it's crazy to think about where Ring of Honor is now considering the issues they've been plagued with in the past. This was a big first step for them. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the reason Ring of Honor, like, started their show an hour earlier was because MLW was going to do, like, an hour. I think their show was going to be at 8 Eastern before Ring of Honor. And so that's why Ring of Honor decided to do a four-hour show instead. Uh, uh, you could be correct on that. Uh, all I know is is that uh, originally they were planning a two-hour live TV premiere. Uh, for some reason, it got moved to an hour. Um, it could be to, to do with uh, these slew of injuries that they've had. Um, I'll, I'll say this, and we're going to find out more in the in the coming weeks here, I would bet, by 1-1. One, one. No, no BTE illusions there. There's more going on to the dynamic between MLW and Ring of Honor. And from what you're telling me tonight, it, it, you know, this could have been a thing where if MLW came out and the production work and they could throw to commercials, maybe a conversation doesn't sound like they're really in the same arena, especially after what we saw from final battle tonight. Um, but thank you for, for starting the show off by, by filling us in. I was interested to see how the show went. Uh, great talent, Dragon Lee, top notch. Uh, before we let you go, Joey, uh, I have one news item that we had drop here tonight. We, we like to sprinkle in a bit of news. So before you go, I'd like to get your thought. I'll get Mike's thought on it. Vince McMahon, is coming back to Monday Night Raw this Monday night. Uh, I'll give Michael the first word. Mike, why is Vince coming back? What's going to happen here with this man? Man, they are trying anything they can do to spike ratings right now. Listen, Vince McMahon historically has been a huge draw for Raw, right? Or at least in the company's mind he is, which is why they bring him out for these big events. And with things struggling, I, I think the tease of Vince coming back to really shake things up is, is something WWE believes will bring back some of that audience. Uh. Unfortunately, that's not going to be the case because, and I tweeted this earlier, so often they make these big things. There's going to be big changes, these big announcements, and they don't amount to a hill of beans. So Vincent Mann's going to come back. He'll do a segment. He'll fire Baron Corbin, and Baron Corbin will be replaced by some other heel mouthpiece that really doesn't add up to any difference whatsoever for the product. The problem is with the creative process for Raw, not with who is on the screen right now. There is a crap ton of talent out there, plenty of people to occupy entertaining TV spots, Vince McMahon is not going to be the savior Raw needs. Okay, uh, Joey, what's been <laughs> doing on Monday Night Raw? Why is this man coming back? I mean, it's most likely him. He's going to take three hours to just talk about the XFL and how amazing it's going to be. <laughs> most likely makes sense to me. No, I 100% agree with Michael. Uh, it's, a, it's a quick uh, attempt at uh, grabbing some extra ratings. Um, I do think that he will uh, appoint a new authority member uh, to lead Raw. Um, and, you know, uh, he could he could always come in and even address the ratings like they did last week on Raw. 
Uh, it's a strange move, but I mean, I understand why they're doing it. Uh, I don't want to look too much into it because we're getting ready to be on the road to the rumble. We're getting ready to be in WrestleMania season. So things are, I think going to bounce back. Uh, but these last couple of weeks of raw have been poor enough where an appearance by Vince might help them, uh, boost the ratings a bit. I'll swerve both of you here. I think that Vince is going to approve of Baron Corbin. I think he's going to back this man. And, you know, I don't know, you know, maybe I'm just, Maybe I'm a little loopy here from too many shots to head after that ladder wars at the end of final battle. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. but what if what if Vince was like, you know what? I, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of what you've done. You're a misunderstood authoritarian character who's losing their grip on reality. You are my friend. You are the son I never had. <laughs> right. And I mean that I mean, look, Shane is already off in his own world. Miz is trying to like get in with the McMahons. There's a lot of I don't know. A lot of weird stuff going on here, and I wouldn't be so quick to throw Bear to the wolves. I think that I oh, can... the wolves because I get it because he's a lone wolf. Oh alone man, alone. that's good, clever that's good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> that's not what I meant, but I'm very funny, <laughs> so I, I agree with you. That was a very funny thing I said. Um, it won't yeah. make a difference though. I mean, again, they're trying to double down in the McMahon storyline, and I, I think the issues with Raw much bigger now. To your point, maybe we do something different. Keep in mind, back in the day when the Attitude Era kicked off, it was literally an announcement from Vince McMahon to the audience. Vince came out and said, "We're gonna get rougher. We're gonna get raw. Or we're gonna be more realistic with our storylines." Right? And he literally just told the audience that, and then they did it. So. Maybe they will do some kind of change up. They're still going to be, you know, hamstrung by their partnerships with Coca-Cola and Fox and whoever else out there. Right. These big corporations. But we'll see. We'll see. Last tidbit. Uh, I'm also throwing in the ring a uh, live sex celebration between Baron Corbin <laughs> and Vince McMahon. Uh, it's what the people want. You wanted to talk about a, a pool of positivity. That's your biggest pool right there. Oh. Uh, fellas, thank you so much for having me on. I look forward to talking to you again. OK. Goodbye, Joey. You're wonderful. I'm ejecting you from this. Wow. Joey wow. G. Hot start to the show. MLW Fusion, Vince McMahon, Baron Corbin, live sex celebration. It doesn't, there you go. Does it get in? My girlfriend's in the other room right now. She's like, uh -huh. what is my boyfriend doing on a Friday night? What is this? How he makes his money? You know, <laughs> Talking about live sex celebration. She's tweeting now, right? You made me follow her earlier. My at, you my wrestling GF. Yeah, at my wrestling GF, if you want to see her tweets about how much she really liked flip gordon's uh, girlfriend so we'll get to her here uh in a little bit let's dive on in thank you guys so much for tuning in share this out we got a chat room going you're welcome to jump in there leave your thoughts go over to twitter we're at wrestling inc uh leave us some thoughts over there and uh let's dive on in here it was final battle tonight uh welcome to our post-show discussion they were from the hammerstein ballroom in new york city tonight this show was streaming on pay-per-view fight tv ring of honor honor club uh we started off they were doing a, a hype package here for Dalton Castle uh, um, versus uh, Matt Taven. Uh, we had some stuff about Cody here, Jay Lethal, and this throws us to the opening match, Kitty King versus Eli Isom. Uh, did I get his last name right? Isom? 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 I think it's Isom, but Isom is what King said to um, really everybody for a loop. He kept calling him Isom. But, that, but it's, it's fine that I don't know his name because the story here is Grizzled Vet Kenny King trying to teach Eli a lesson here, correct? Right. 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 Uh, which is largely what we got. You know, this this was a very serviceable opening bout. I like the story. It was interesting that Kenny went over. In general, this was a show, if you're an ROH stalwart, this was a good show for you. Well, and, and I think that this show was really building on so much that's happened the last year. You know, I, I think it's really important to note here what Ring of Honor does so well that companies like WWE and Raw and, and, and Miss, what they, what they don't do well, Ring of Honor reaches back into its history books and makes the things that happened before still relevant now. If guys have wrestled in the past, if they've had, if they've had feuds before, if they have gone, uh, they've been on the same team and then had falling outs, they bring all of that back up to relate to what is going on with their characters and with the, with the stories around their shows. And, you know, we talked about this opening match here between King and um, Isom. They're setting up something else here for Isom, right? I mean, to your point, it was a serviceable opening bout. I, I think I maybe would have put the second on the card and done something really hot out the gate, but it was a fine match. And, and you're really telling the story here about what Isom, what he's trying to do. He's earning his spot. He's been through kind of the boot camp, the training. He's young and putting him against King made for a, a fun, interesting storyline. Not the best match in the world, but it was it was good. Good enough. 
Yeah, it was it was good. It, you know, Eli, uh, you know, he he didn't look bad in the loss at all. Here he lost after uh, King hit the Royal Flush fireman's carry cutter. Um, but this was after uh, a pretty pretty solid back and forth. Kenny King, of course, very marketable. He's made yeah. the crossover into the Bachelorette and all these other things. I thought it was good. And again, theme of the night. If you're a Ring of Honor guy, if you're a Ring of Honor original, if you've been with the company, stay by it. This was a night where I feel like they they doubled down on you. So Kenny goes on stronger competition rolling into 2019. Eli here struggling to pick up the pieces will be building in 2019. And that really, that's kind of the story of Final Battle, right? Sure. <laughs> you know, kind of many ways. I could see how you would say maybe start off a little hotter, but again, I thought this set a really good tone. It was good. It didn't blow me away, and it left me building into this bout here, the Ring of Honor World TV Championship, Jeff Cobb defending against Hangman Page, which will... (laughs) Tough to say match of the night? Yeah. Because this was a great night for wrestling, but holy hell, these guys were incredible. These guys set the tone for this card. I mean, I I beat up on on King and Isom a little bit because it wasn't hot out the gate. But what happened here in this Ring of Honor television championship match was it, it was just fun. It was different. It was tough. I mean, you know, Cobb is a guy who can just move. He will grab you from any position and toss you like you are a ragdoll and make it look seamless. And some of the sequences in here were just really fantastic. I think when Hangman did his moonsault into and then Cobb grabbed him and did the belly to belly belly suplex overhead. It's just a fun sequence. And there were tons of little things like that all through the match that made it really build up to something really complete and, and just enjoyable as a wrestling fan. Well, and I think you're talking about when he re- did the running shooting star press off the the yes. there, yes. and then Cobb caught him and, and threw him into the belly to belly on the outside there. Yeah, I agree. And Jeff Cobb is so agile, and he can grab you from so many directions and throw you so many different ways. But with a guy like Adam Page, Adam Page has never been in better shape. He's never looked sure. better. A couple of years ago, you know, oh, he's a little softer. This guy is. This guy's a brick house right now, and everything that Jeff Cobb did looked bigger and better because Adam Page looked bigger. You yeah. know, that was the kind of the story of this or a bit of the tale of this match was just how Cobb was able to uh, still go at that pace. The man of that size. I loved the stalling superplex on the top rope where Cobb held him for like 20 seconds before doing the jerk off motion and dropping him. I was right. like, what a badass. <laughs> right? Or as the announcer said, the um, taking his bets or, or, or gambling motion, they really play that off fairly well. Rolling the dice. Rolling the dice, yes. But, but yeah. you know what? That's the thing. Is That's the kind of cool factor. You don't get that in WWE, no. right? You don't get a roll the dice, whatever you want to call it, hand gesture from a guy on Monday Night Raw. You don't get guys willing to cross the line and, and you know be a little rough around the edges. Mm-hmm. Jeff Cobb here is Jeff Cobb. He's so fully put together. It is very interesting to think about how in 2019 you're going to get Brody King, PCO, these other names that are going to be thrown into the mix. But Jeff Cobb was a couple months ahead of the pack. You know, he he came in first, land grab, got that title. And it is going to be his journey to watch, you know, him growing into becoming that Ring of Honor television champion. He There's a lot of potential there. Well, and it's interesting here because him going over Paige, who is kind of that Ring of Honor veteran here, who brings a different kind of presence to the ring, and and I I think that Cobb is something so unique with just his look, his style, his attitude. Uh, it says a lot about what where they're going with Cobb and about guys like Paige. Um, not that they're going anywhere anytime soon, but kind of bringing in this new talent into the mix in a really powerful way. Yeah, and, you know, of course, we would be remiss to mention this was the first time an elite member was in a match. Kind of the story was, you know, are they going to try to uh, do something kind of outside the box? Are they going to use all these guys to, to build to some kind of, you know, meta ROH, maybe right. AEW kind of deal? This was the first time an elite member went in. Excellent bout. Nothing held back. But the elite guy lost. The yeah. ring of honor guy won. Now we have Kenny King, Jeff Cobb. These guys look strong going into 2019 and they did a good job building a lot of those guys tonight. Yeah, you're you're right. And and again, Ring of Honor has found a way. You know, they they understand you you hear so many people talk about how they build talent and the talent goes somewhere else. But Ring of Honor understands what it needs to do so well, much like uh, NXT does to a certain extent to build these young talent so that in 6 months or a year, they can be the guys at the head of the card um and and not be left behind. Yeah, and and that's really the story that Adam Page has had, you know, and, and in a way I understand the gamble he's making by going to AEW because obviously they see the potential in him. If that's the case, they see the potential in him. But at the same time, man, you know, you look at Marty, Jeff Cobb, these younger yeah. guys that are staying back. 
the company's rallying around him. You yep. know? And uh, there's an established brand. Ring of Honor brings a certain level of prestige that we don't know what AEW will be at. Uh, this takes us to our Women of Honor match. So you 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 pointed this out, or you pointed that to me. I missed this on commentary. This is the first time in how many years? They said eight years, I believe, that it had been since there had been uh, a Women of Honor's match on a uh, at Final Battle. You know, it was a little weird to me that as hot as women wrestling is right now, it does not seem to be translating to the Ring of Honor audience because you had this four-corner survival match here for the ROH Women's Championship. Sumi Sakai, Kelly Klein, Madison Rain, and Karen Q. It came down to, to Kelly and Sumi until Kelly won the title. I mean, literally, I'm talking like won the title, got the pin, the crowd threw streamers and was and seemed joyful then. They were largely on their hands to booing, I thought, most of this bout. This match felt dead to them. And I, I, I think, too, we have to give credit. You know, we beat up on WWE some. We got to give credit here to WWE for what they have done to evolve women's wrestling. And I mean, I think you go back, you give the torch to Impact Wrestling back in the day for how they kind of set the standard for what a women's division could be. Fans coming in to watch a women's championship match expect something different this day and age. And I think this match was just booked a little bit I don't want to say poorly, but the way it kind of played off, I love elimination matches, but there was a certain cadence in the match. It just never really felt like it got going. It didn't have the same level of uh, brutality that women's recent women's WWE matches have had. And I think it wasn't complete on the wrestling. It just felt a little bit green. And, and so all of that brought it back a few stages in my mind. And maybe that's why we haven't seen as many women of honor matches and uh, final battles. I want to, I want to, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I would say that it wasn't as brutal as WWE sure. women. Surely, surely there has been some brutality there. It did not feel as crisp. And you said the word green, and yeah. I know there are many women in that match that would roll their eyes and probably hate you right now. <laughs> but it didn't click. It did. It didn't click. I agree. Green was the wrong word, and I, I, I shouldn't have said green because that implies a certain lack of of the talent. And I don't think that it's not the talent wasn't there. I think when things came together, the match didn't feel like I, I like the word click. I, I think the chemistry was just lacking for what I would expect from, from a main uh, card match like this outside of Madison rain who the fans, I, I just don't think they know whether to cheer or boo these women. Sure. They know Madison rain, but they don't really know if it's like the Madison rain you're supposed to cheer or boo. Right. He's done both. Right. 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 So well. She's so great. Is she the beautiful people, Madison Rain? Or is she, yeah, exactly. Right. You know, you don't know what, you know, who, what do you think of Madison Rain? You know, uh, Kelly Klein, obviously for the hardcores, they love her. But I, I think that that was part of it too. You know, Sumi Sakai has been the, the ring or the Women of Honor champion for like eight months now since Supercard. And not once in that eight months have I ever heard anybody be like, Sumi Sakai. Right. You know, it was, it was a missed, I don't know, missed opportunity. I don't know what those negotiations were like or where they were at. But you had Tennille Dashwood there. She could have been your first Women of Honor champion. You could have bridged over into what the WWE is doing a bit right now and made it your own. I still do not understand why they chose not to go that route. You know, it, it's it's odd, and I think this is again we're going to talk about the whole package tonight here in a little bit. But there are little chinks throughout the night that I think give Ring of Honor some places to grow into to continue to be that big competitor. Uh, I, I think this is one of them. The women's division just needs a second look. And I think, again, it's almost a, a black mark that the women's division at Ring of Honor isn't this big deal like even WWE's women's women's division is. And, and so I think that's an area where you look at the company and say, this could be expanded in some meaningful way. Yeah, so uh, 2019 will be a year to watch Women of Honor. I mean, at least they were on the card this year. Sure, absolutely. They got to mix it up. Uh, you know, when Kelly Klein won, lots of streamers. Fans are very happy. Whether Those or not fans they just love streamers, so let's be honest. <laughs> well, Kelly Klein has history there. They know her sure. character. Ring of Honor fans have a respect for Kelly Klein. So we'll see if they can follow up on it. Maybe she comes out, takes the microphone, and that perfect foil, that perfect heel comes out at the next ROH TV tapings and takes her to the next level. That's got to be what happens. I mean, with Kelly Klein here, if she's going to be a heel, she kind of overcame the odds tonight. So you've got you've got to do something to make that stick. Came across right? as a baby face to yep. me. Yep. She didn't feel like a heel at all. Nope. You nope. Know? So anyway, this led us to, uh, after the uh, celebration, Kelly and Sumi hugged. So yeah, not heelish, right? They like embraced and... <laughs> Woo, women of honor, <laughs> women's solidarity, you know, I guess. So again, not a division that has found its footing. So we'll, we'll right. move on. Uh, Zach Sabre Jr., Jonathan Gresham. Uh, I 
was very, I hate to say skeptical because I am a fan of the octopus, Jonathan Gresham, but I've never seen Jonathan Gresham show enough intensity to match his in-ring skills for it all to sync up. Yeah. I think this is the, cl- I, this was the best Jonathan Gresham match I'd ever seen. And I think this was the closest to seeing that intensity, even in a loss here, which will hopefully help him spiral and go d- deeper. I have to believe that this was Jonathan Gresham's best outing to date in Ring of Honor. I, I, I think match-wise, definitely. I think personality-wise, there are still some places for this guy to go. I mean, I, even even the name Jonathan Gresham is just, it's lacking a certain zing. And you put him against somebody like Zack Sabre Jr., uh, wrestling-style matchups, fantastic. But Dude, but the name... Like, I, hate to, I hate to cut you off, but it felt, uh, it felt a little bit like uh, Tom Hanks working with like Jamie Kennedy, if that makes sense. So anyway, wow. you just compared Jonathan Gresham to Jamie Kennedy. Just, just well, like... I mean, he's great. Like if you Jamie Kennedy, Jamie Kennedy, he kills. He's a great comedian. He's he's done great movies and stuff. I'm a Jamie Kennedy fan, but it's not like you're a big fan of the, the son of the, of the mask, mask, like Tom Hanks has. You know, you love Son of the Mask, right? It's your your favorite movie. <laughs> That's not the piece I would probably hang my hat on. Uh, there's a great movie. I'm trying to remember what it's called, but it's called like Trolls or something like that, where he like confronts all the people that have trolled him online. And, like, oh, really? Hecklers. It's a great documentary. Awesome. It's so funny. Anyway, uh, it did that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right? no, for sure. And, 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 and uh, you know, there is a certain pairing here. I think being with Zack Sabre Jr. did allow Jonathan Gresham to kind of have to step up his game. He was forced to by proxy. I mean, it just happens. I like that this match, I like where it was in the card. And I liked what it was. It was one of those, you know, catch wrestling style matches. Let's go to the mat. Let's get down here and work and be fast and fluid and everything. And I thought it clicked. I thought it was entertaining. I I thought it filled a nice niche on the card. I think Zack Sabre Jr. looks great. And Jonathan Grisham, he's got, he's got some plus stuff to work on, but it's, you know, improving. It it is. And I I think with Grisham, I I don't, I don't really know what it is, but it's maybe it's his voice. Needs a little gruffness to it. There's something about the eyes where it's like the eyes are still a little baby to me. Like, I want an intensity there. Zack Sabre Jr., this man comes out. He is like a Batman-esque cocky British villain. Sure. You know, uh, he's not, is he British or he's an Aussie? He's yeah, 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 yeah. New Zealand, I think. Mm. New Zealand. Battle Robbies. Um, <laughs> there you go. That's, yeah, that's not offensive. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Bob's Burgers. Uh, um, well, yeah, but right. no, Zach Saber Jr. carries himself just on such another level that Jonathan. No, he's Brown English. You, you were right first. He's English. He's English. Yeah. Well, then I apologize for the bottle rubbies joke to the New Zealanders out there. Wow. Um, but we're uh, all the same dust Americans. You overseas people. <laughs> well, at least, you know the the New Zealand flag has got the British flag in it, so it's like that's, a little. That's right. that's um, right. Anyway, Zach Saber Jr. Just on another level, this was his Ring of Honor debut bout. I definitely got the impression he's going to stick around here in 2019. I don't really know if he does New Japan in Ring of Honor or if Ring of Honor pulled him away. The Ring of Honor-New Japan relationship is going to be fascinating mm. because I do kind of get the vibe that maybe Cody and the Bucks are going to keep working with New Japan but and not Ring of Honor, but Ring of Honor has a working relationship with New Japan, so how will they all get along? You know, that's really... <laughs> Uh, this is this is shaping up to be really interesting as far as the interplay between all of these companies and we'll get to it in a minute but even seeing guys show up from other companies with belts in hand um it's it's fascinating 2019 what it's going to mean to pro wrestling as a business final final comment here i i think zach saber jr is so great i'm I'm so glad he has done what he's he's doing out there jonathan gresham i think just needs to work on presence i think it's the subtle things that he lacks in ring acumen uh solid but just something about him he's got to tone it up he's got to build that character in you know i would love to take jonathan gresham for like half an hour and do some spinal work and help him find his body you know (laughs) all right jonathan i want you to take one point of your body and we're going to go from one to ten and i want you to make that body part bigger as i count from one to ten and walk around the room it's a great way for you to loosen up and find new characters it's an improv technique all you, all you're gonna do. I saw this on uh, TNA back in the day. If he would just get Hulk Hogan's Hall of Fame ring and put it on, it would give him the power to be somebody he's not. It's you simple. The, you took the wrong TNA thing. I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say he needs to call Kevin Nash and join Paparazzi Productions because <laughs> that's how all the cruiserweights got over at TNA back in the day. That's right. And it was oh. What's Kev, what's Kevin Nash doing right now? Other than like, uh, blowing out a quad? Is that what's uh? <laughs> 
Yes, flexing his gigantic quads. Um, all right. This brought us to what is what was arguably the actual Ring of Honor main event for the evening. It was the fourth match on the show. Dalton Castle with the boys taking on the real Ring of Honor world champion, Matt Taven. Uh, Matt Taven having TK Orion out at ringside, making the referee introduce him as the real Ring of Honor champion, wearing the Ring of Honor championship. This is, I love this. Mm-hmm. It's great. Fantastic. I, it's Matt Taven. Listen, say what you will about Dalton Castle, but Matt, Matt Taven has come into his own in a way. Uh, this storyline has done so much for him. And you pointed this out to me. I mean, he's been one of those guys that seems like he's right on the cusp of being their guy for so long. And I, I, I love the fact that he has been allowed to shine by carrying around his own championship. And it's, it's the exact thing that we all complain about when we see wrestling, which is guys get a 10 count in a match. They should rightfully win it, but it's taken away because of pro wrestling rules. Right. And so the fact that somebody's going to double down and say, I got my own belt and I am a champion and, and defend it, you know what's stopping him? It's it's amazing. I love the storyline. The match was very 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 good. The match was this was this was another chaos match. There were a couple k. There was like a couple just straight chaos matches tonight. Mm-hmm. From the get go, you knew the boys were going to be hands on. You knew TK Orion was going to be hands on. You knew if you if you've been following the product, you knew Vinny was under the ring, right? It was like where's <laughs> right. Vinny? He's probably under the ring. You got the spot where Dalton falls. The boys catch him. You got the spot where TK is chasing Matt ringside. You got the spot where Vinny. You know, uh, it, it comes out from under the ring, takes out the boys, drags the boys underneath the ring. Um, there was also a very scary moment in this match where Matt Taven went to do a planche over the top rope. Uh, Dalton moved, and I think Taven, maybe he didn't. Maybe it was all very controlled, but it looked like he overshot it and went across sternums on the top of the guardrail and collapsed to the ground for at least two minutes. He didn't even move. Yeah. And he, he might have been selling it, but it's always scary when you see moments like this. There were a few in the main event tonight, too, where it's just like it, you have to remember how much these guys put their bodies through. I, I think if you don't go to very many live wrestling matches on TV, it comes across very sanitized. But when you see a human body do something like that spot, you legitimately worry that uh, they are not going to get up from these sometimes. Well, it reminded me, if you've ever watched Wrestling with Shadows, the great Bret Hart documentary, uh, he talks about the only time he ever was injured was when he got thrown off the ring apron and he turned around and he went to hit the guardrail. I think he was against, like, uh, not Bruno. It wasn't Bruno. I'm trying to think of who it was. Anyway, he gets turned around and he, he lands across the guardrail, very similar spot, broke his sternum, collapsed <laughs> on the ground. Uh, Dino Bravo is who I was thinking of. Rolls mm. him back into the ring, right. forces him to finish the match, and he felt like he was going to die the whole time. I'm sitting there thinking about Bret Hart with a broken sternum as I'm watching Matt Taven on the ground. It was very scary. But the man pushed through because he is the real Ring of Honor champion. And uh, we get to the end here. Uh, Interesting spot where Dalton's going for the pin. TK picks up one of the boys, throws him into the ring to beat the pin. Somehow the ref doesn't see this. Did that seem weird to you? Yeah, it was was yeah, it was weird. Like, what? Shouldn't you have called the yeah called the bell there? Cole Cabana is like, where the the boys are just flying in from everywhere. <laughs> right, where, right. Where, where, what happened? <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, yeah. So TK throws the boy in, breaks the pin. This leads the ref to to kick everybody out of the ring. Uh, this leads Castle to hit a big knee in the corner. He hits the bangerang. Tavis near the ropes. He's able to to get a hold of him. Castle with multiple knees in the corner. Castle tries for the bangerang one more time. Taven with a big knee to the face. He hits the climax. One, two, three. Your real Ring of Honor champion defends the title successfully. Matt Taven. Again, another Ring of Honor guy who has been through the trenches, who saw them through 2018. Uh, They've stayed invested in the kingdom. This guy wins. The real Ring of Honor champion moves on here. Interesting choice here to have him go over Dalton. I was uh, was a little bit surprised. I, I I was curious where this was going to go, you know, but when you see how the rest of the card plays out and you see who else is lining up for championship opportunities, throwing him into the mix with who else wins tonight, I think makes for some interesting pairings. Um, and it also makes for an interesting storyline as far as you need a heel carrying around a fake championship. I mean, Dalton Castle could pull it off. His character is so kind of out there and, and just over the top enough. It would work. But Matt Taven doing it with that kind of grudge about him that he is the rightful champion makes for an interesting interplay down the line. 
and I, you know, matches like this for Ring of Honor fans are the kind of matches that get you to the next level. Not that Matt Taven has many levels to go in front of him, but if you're going to make the case that you're the real Ring of Honor world champion, go out there, push through that guardrail uh, spot, have have that a, a excellent match with Dalton Castle, make it entertaining with all your guys at ringside. It only helps embolden his case. And like every match on this, almost like nearly every match on this show, you have to ask yourself afterwards, afterwards, what is going on with both these guys? Obviously, Matt Taven, they're going to build around in 2019. Uh, rumors, Dalton Castle, WWE has interest in him. So is this another case of Ring of Honor getting getting one of their core guys over at the expense of maybe somebody who may not be around for much longer? I think so. And, and you talk about WWE having interest in Dalton Castle. It makes a lot of sense because Dalton Castle uh, is kind of a great, great worker. Don't get me wrong, but he's kind of a character first. His gimmick his everything. And I think what Dalton Castle needs to succeed, honestly, is the level of polish he could get an NXT for that character. I think the character is great. I think you put that NXT production value on top of it. And I think it becomes something fans can connect with on a deeper level. And so not that, not the fans already don't connect with him, but if you take the Dalton castle promo from tonight and just literally put it on Monday night raw, I think you would lose some people. Right. And I think you need that extra level of production that will go into it by working with talent in NXT, working with production people in NXT, working with triple H that Dalton castle could really benefit from. Now I loved this match. I thought it was great. I have to, because you brought, you talked about the production that Dalton needs to get this character across. I was not a fan of the dollar store cart or whatever they pushed him out in. The oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. And they made a big deal about it, about how cool it was. Like, the announcer just, man, look at this. This is the best thing ever. Like, this is a oh. failed science fair project is what Dalton Castle is coming out to the ring here tonight. <laughs> anyway, uh, very, very fun bout. Matt Taven, uh, again, wins here uh, solidly. Not like there weren't a ton of shenanigans here, so I could definitely see these guys doing another bout. But your real Ring of Honor world champion, as it stands, Matt Taven. This takes us over to Marty Skrull versus Christopher Daniels uh, for the rights to a future Ring of Honor world title shot. And uh, Christopher Daniels, did he have his career on the line here? Did I miss a step or something? Yeah, yeah. He was he was told he has to win a title shot or he was going to be fired. Okay. Um, that that he, he would not be renewed, which played later on into the Bully Ray match where he took a, took a bullet for the owner of the company. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting here. Uh, you know, this wasn't, I don't think, by any stretch, like the blow away match of the card or anything. Uh, the fans love Marty Skrull. Um, mm -hmm. He didn't really have to do a whole lot here tonight. I thought him and Christopher Daniels uh, definitely worked very well to well together. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. And in the end, Christopher Daniels would succumb to the chicken wing for Marty Skrull and tap out, which led to a very emotional moment between Christopher Daniels and the fans after the match, right, Mike? Uh, yeah, you know, it was uh it was it was great. Marty Scroll, who doesn't love who is better than Marty Scroll right now in wrestling? Like his character is so great. The way he acts, the presence he brings, I, I just love everything about him. I think this card was so quick, though. I, I told you, there's so many. I wanted this moment to breathe. I wanted the Christopher Daniels moment to have a little bit more room. I get they played into the Bully Ray storyline, and we have obviously not seen the last of Christopher Daniels in Ring of Honor. I get that. But so many times tonight, it was like match ends, next match begins. Match ends, next match begins. And I want a little bit more airtime in between to process what I just saw. Yeah, and I, I can see that. I can see how you could say that. For me, though, man, I, like, I prefer this to the other thing, which is just like long periods of promos <laughs> and vignettes and stuff that I'm like, please, Jesus. And then because of all the promos and the vignettes, the matches get short. And so those guys are unhappy and their matches aren't as good. I, I actually thought the flow of tonight's show was not bad. I, 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 and I that's know there was a lot, you know, but... Nitpicky. I admit it. I, I can be nitpicky sometimes. I mean, can't we just at least get a Jay Lethal and Young Bucks KFC promo spot? That's all I want in my life right now. Come on. That's what I'm saying. What are we really missing here, man? What are we missing here? It, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a simple thing where if you were to take a talent backstage in one of these spots and just interview somebody for two, three minutes, boom. That I would solve that my... stuff, man. Like, I honestly, before and I'll go back before the Gresham versus, uh, Gresham versus uh, Zack Sabre Jr. match. They showed Jonathan Gresham's, like, ROH TV promo that he does. I hadn't watched it, but I know how they film him because I know that style. And yeah, it's like, oh, okay, but it doesn't, you know, whatever. He, he's, he's a guy that gets over more for me. 
in a wrestling match. I don't really need to hear a 30 second, 60 second promo from him. I agree with that. Here, here's what I guess I mean more by that. Maybe not promo, but a, a certain recognition, a certain nod that something happened and it means something. A guy going in the back, all of a sudden he gets grabbed by an announcer. Two seconds of, hey, you, you successfully defended your title tonight, Cobb. How do you feel? Just something that reinforces what happens at the beginning of the card still has a presence in the company. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, small it's, thing. it's a small shows, thing. Shows like this that have reflection. We can look back on it. Right? <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, yeah, after the match here. So like you say, there was a chance to breathe. Daniel celebrating in the ring and out of nowhere, Bully Ray comes in, low blows this guy as he's posing in the corner. Crowd's like deflated because they were having this like religious moment here watching an ROH original like retire from wrestling. I love you, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, Ray, and here comes Bully Ray, hits this man in the testicles. And he takes the microphone and he calls out Flip Gordon, who comes out uh, as G.I. Joe, uh, channeling his inner, the Marine John Cena here, full flak jacket, hacksaw Jim Duggan style American flag. You know, it was great. I like how Bully Ray was just like, let's start the match now. Like, wasn't your match scheduled to go next anyway? (laughs) Whatever. He wasn't wasn't ready. He's like, you know what? That's too much breathing. I don't want Michael Weissman (laughs) to be like, oh, I enjoyed those 60 seconds of non-chaos. Let's get right to it here. We got to get our 17 matches in before 12 o'clock. This match was a total uh, and insane nuts to the wall, balls to the wall, bit of chaos, wonderful storytelling. Uh, I'll do my best to try to recap it here without being a little too long winded here. First of all, uh, as they got into it here, you would notice a kind of bored blonde woman in the front row. What we thought, uh, at least what my girlfriend and I thought to be a blo- a bored blonde woman in the front row turned out to be flips girlfriend, uh, who would, who would play a, 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 a role in the match here momentarily as flips on the outside. They've been going back and forth. Um, bully being very vicious with the chairs. He grabs this girl from over the, the, the guardrail there. He's got a table set up and he's like, I'm going to power bomb her through this table and flip Gordon's on the ground. No, no, don't do this. Don't do this. And, uh, out of nowhere, Christopher, no, no, out of nowhere, Carrie Silken, uh, comes along, um, and, and hits bully Ray to break up the, the power bombs by here. A little unexpected, right? Kerry Sukin and his um, new metallic hip or, or artificial hip, whatever they were talking about on the announced team. I, I thought the commentators did such a good job here of explaining yeah. who Kerry was to everybody. Cause I know there's a lot of ring of honor fans who probably wouldn't know who Kerry is, uh, but interesting. He was the one to step up here. Bully starts to push himself uh, up against Kerry in the corner there. Um, I don't remember the exact order of things that go on here, but uh, at one point bully was going to hit Kerry with the kendo stick and Christopher Daniels jumped in out of jumped nowhere in, yeah. and stopped Carrie Silken from getting hit by the kendo stick by bully Ray. The same Carrie Silken that threatened to fire Christopher Daniels. If he didn't win a title shot tonight. So a moment of uh, a piece here. So anyway, <laughs> Flip's girlfriend gets, gets dropped uh, at some point here. Flip just decided to go to the other side of the ring and cut himself in the forehead. No, <laughs> no knock. I just don't know. I mean, it was just like all of a sudden Flip was very He's bloody. bloody. <laughs> very bloody. After he put his girlfriend on the other side of the, the apron or the other side of the guardrail when she was safe, he uh, he kissed her, which is, you know, kind of gross, right? Mm. All the blood on the face and stuff. Um, at this point, he uh, Bully has got the akindo stick, but he's dropped his. Flip comes back to the ring, attacks uh, Bully with the American flag attached to a kendo stick which was about as Michael Bay as you can get in pro wrestling, I think. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, Mike, that's, that's true. Michael Bay, pro wrestling. I like, well, they, they tried to go bigger Michael Bay with the uh, lighter fluid on the table, but we didn't quite get there. Well, then flips in control here, and out in, and he starts to choke Bully Ray with this flag. The refs ask him if he's going to quit. And I don't know where Silas, Ring, Silas Young runs into the ring. He drops flip. So now Silas Young's out there with Bully Ray. They grab lighter fluid that they're going to light this table on fire with. Not yet, though, because here comes Cheeseburger. Uh, he comes in. Uh, Young plants him uh, real quickly. Bully gets more lighter fluid. They go back to, to pouring the lighter fluid. They're going to torch the whole building. Cabana leaves the broadcast position. He uh, cracks uh, Silas Young with a chair. He nails Bully Ray. Uh, Silas gets a hold of Cabana, sends him packing. More lighter fluid because Silas and Bully, again, they really want a fire going here. Uh, as Silas goes to light the table, lights go out. Who could it be? 
the Sandman. Uh, if you've been watching Ring of Honor TV, you know that the Sandman uh, represented Flip Gordon a couple weeks ago on TV in a match uh, against Silas Young that he lost. Um, and uh, Sandman uh, beat up Young. Uh, Bully grabs a kindle stick of his own. Sandman cracks a beer. He smashes on his head. We're in the Manhattan Center. We've got Bully Ray. We've got Sandman staring each other down here. Bully swings, misses, flip with a star-spangled stunner. Sandman hands over the kendo stick, and Flip just starts to go to effing town on Bully Ray, who is draped over a a table. He just hits him over and over and over again. He grabs two kendo sticks. He's smacking him double style in the back, and and Flip Gordon wins. He makes Bully Bully Ray say, I quit. It's one of those things where this match was absolute, complete, chaos at many points but they did a lot to keep the story going to where you never lost interest right it, it, back in the day wwe used to do these massive hardcore matches with 20 people and whatever and it was just stupid it's like a battle royal right it just gets stupid at a certain point you can't keep up with it but this match had a purpose for every segment and it told different different fa- facets of the same story and so i like that about it and I, I think even the silas young piece that stands out to me where silas young kept trying to light the table on fire and somebody else would jump in and then he'd beat them off and and then he would go back to the table and somebody else and he kept having to kind of fight all these people off in his attempt to light the table on fire but it made for a fun segment and yeah gave you some good back and forth there and i I think all those things added up to just fun chaos and the sandman reveal absolutely great i i dug it absolutely a, a fun brawl fun brutal match yeah but yet once again a situation of bully ray older veteran doesn't need to win here flip gordon is your 2019 one of your franchise players hard to argue this guy could not have come out looking any better than this blood on the face swinging the american flag drinking a beer with the sandman flip gordon is the america i want to believe in right now (laughs) everyone's chanting usa i Uh can't remember the last time i saw a room full of people like you, we are USA, right? Like they were right. so jacked on it in that moment. You know? Well, and, and and it's one of those things where everybody hates Bully Ray, right? And um, Bully Ray knew like by Lobo and Christopher Daniels, you you do that to make sure the Hammerstein Ballroom does not side with him, right? It's his old country, but this is such a big thing for Flip to beat him because the announcers put over how much everybody hates bully ray and so i think it made for just a really great win for flip and in a, a great celebration and interesting things for flip lie ahead i think again it's like you know a core ring of honor guy looks <laughs> really strong and we got a, a good pool of characters here going into 2019 let's see if we can build on that here uh in your semi main event spot the ring of honor world championship jay lethal defending against cody rhodes uh it, i'm not i mean there was a bit of first of all the jaw jackie before the match Thought was very interesting. Jay Lethal saying that you were once Ring of Honor's new toy. You will leave dull and broken. It almost looked like Cody wanted the microphone to say something more, and Jay didn't give it to him. Yeah, like there was a real vibe here that these guys don't get along. They they were able to to tone it up, and maybe it is all for show. Who knows? We will never know for sure. But the little things between these two guys, the way they were approaching each other, that's what made it feel real. And those are the things, as a younger performer, they need to look to these guys. I mean, honestly, both of these guys are veterans, right? Don't take anything away from them. Both of these guys have been around multiple companies, done it all in all these companies. And and I think that they know the little nuances that make it... uh, even, Even Cody Rhodes later in the match, the little thing he did where he was faking the knee, and then he hopped up and tricked everybody and then he hopped out and then he teased the audience by running in place and and jacking the knee around it's it's that touch that makes him the performer he is and so that veteran expertise really was in in full show here yeah the match started a little slow to me but it did start to really build uh i loved the uh the fake screw job where at one point cody had jay lethal in the figure four and adam page rang the bell and was like we're taking the we're taking the belt. We're yeah. getting out of here. Right? Yeah. We're, we're just gonna leave. You know, it's a heist. Um, I thought that was a really nice touch. Um, and in the end, Jay Lethal figure four. He made Cody Rhodes tap out. You know, there's this is gonna be a show. Historically, people are gonna look back on in a completely different light. It was an interesting choice to have Cody not just lose and get pinned, but Cody lost and he tapped out. And um, Jay Lethal, again, core Ring of Honor guy, stalwart, stood by the company, 
standing tall going into 2019. Another interesting, another interesting way that worked out. Well, you look at this. I mean, I, I thought Cody could walk out with a championship and, and had an interesting article I wrote about it. But the way it played out, it very much felt like that old school mentality of the guy leaving does the job for the guy who is carrying the company in his wake. And that's what I think it is. I think it is, you know, talk about Cody and the Bucks creating their own company and what it means to him to have this on his resume. But really what he's doing here is he's doing what his dad did back in the day for guys. He's doing what everybody back in the territory days would do. That guy's, I'm on my way out. That guy's going to be here after I leave. So let me put him over because it's what's best for the company and it's what's best for the business. Yeah. And uh, on that note, weird, you should bring up his dad because after the match, uh, Lethal is standing over Cody, he shakes his hand and celebrates uh, as Cody rolls out of the ring. In comes Marty Skrull, who won the uh, ROH title shot earlier in the night. He's staring down Lethal and it's Cody and Brandy Head to the back, the man carrying the title that Cody and his father used to hold the NW World Championship, Nick Aldis, along with Camilla, head down the ramp, and he joins in the stare down with Lethal and Skrull. And Skrull says Lethal should pay attention to him as he snatches the title away for a moment then tosses it back to Lethal. So going into 2019, the NWA World Championship, I guess, will be in play here in Ring of Honor. Man, you know what's funny is NWA, they are figuring it out over there. Billy Corgan, he is he is on, on the way to understanding what it takes to make NWA relevant here in 2018. It's not NWA Wildside, which I thought it was. I was wrong they, about that. They <laughs> have learned, they have figured out how to make one guy interesting, Nick Aldis. Now, I, I agree that the NWA title has not meant more than it does now, but they are not really running a promotion, right? Well, that's, that's <laughs> probably true. Kind of- they're kind of they're kind of like renting out a champion. That's not like a that's not like a promote. They've done like one show that did really well at, uh-huh. when Cody Rhodes was at his peak. You know, like a month after All In, <laughs> it did really well. Uh, but they're not like running a promotion. You know what I mean? It's it's it's, it's true. And, and Nick Aldis did allude to that in our interview with him, where he talked about um, the wrestling interview, where he said, "I don't want to work every date under the sun. I want to be selective on my dates, and I'm open to facing other challengers from other companies and stuff." So this is perfect for Aldis. He's he didn't even wrestle tonight. He shows up. Yeah. He gets the spotlight. <laughs> it's a sweet deal for Aldis. Like you talk about, oh, they're rebuilding the NWA. It's like, are they or are they all are they rebuilding Nick Aldis? Because like it kind of feels like. He's never felt more important. Um, That's true. His ego is getting a nice little fan right now. That's absolutely true. Uh, and this brings us to the main event. Uh, the the Briscoes come out first, followed by the Young Bucks closing out SoCal uh, Uncensored, represented by Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian for Ladder War. Uh, nothing held back. These guys put it all on the line. I love that the Young Bucks were dressed like the new, new, new rockers. I thought that was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's the, I guess Matt's the Marty, right? Because like, yeah, because he was hair. not dark, yeah, dark hair, and I, I think so. Um, it was it was cool. Um, in the end, though, you know the Briscoes stand to everybody's blood. Every bled. Everybody got cut up here. I thought Kazarian looked like a badass in this. Yeah, game. there um, were some there were some tough shots too. I mean, give these guys credit for putting their bodies out there. But one of the things that does bother me is when I see a promotion like Ring of Honor often unintentionally sometimes I think, but still do unprotected chair shots. And there are one or two times a chair was thrown at somebody's head and guys, listen, it's 2018. We know what happens with concussions, with brain injuries, with even simple things that happen to the cranium. And uh, just what a hope ring of honor continues to grow in that area as well, as far as protecting their talent. I, I love the brutality, but you don't need some of the things that can have lasting consequences. I agree with that. I thought you were going to be upset about how they kept cutting away when guys would like fall to their death. Like it didn't get caught on camera. Like yeah. wow, this man just put his life on the line for you to put uh, money or food on your family's table and you catch on camera. You know, there were, there were two big bumps down the stretch that I think were, were big misses. I, I, there was the bump off the ladder onto another ladder right at the very end. And then the bump, uh, I think it was Matt Jackson who took it to the outside and they caught part of it, but, but then they cut away so quickly. It, it just, some of the production things just needed tightening up some. All right. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of Ring of Honor Final Battle. Final, what do you give this the grade of this this show? What do you grade it? Oh, uh, is there like a star system? Is there a scale on a scale of 1 to 15? Come up with your own thing. Like, you, you can do it on like a scale. You can do it as a color. Um, um, I, I'd, give it, I'd give it a red out of the rainbow. So it's... <laughs> 
No, no. First one. That's the top color. That's the top <laughs> color, man. That's right. Roy, Roy, no, it was a great joke. Listen, I, I was pretty harsh on All In earlier this year. I, I understand people loved it, but there were some. I felt like it was overbooked in spots. This card had had some of that overbooking, but they did it the right way. They paced the card the right way. They had everything for everybody, and I think it made a very complete show. And I, really, really great show all the way around. I definitely saw people on Twitter night hitting me up saying, I haven't watched Ring of Honor in a while. And uh, regardless of the elite, I had a great time watching yeah. the show tonight. Production, you know, we had, again, Joey G started off the show here tonight with us, recapping what he saw in MLW. The first, Before he said anything about the quality of the matches, he said the quality of the production, right? And oftentimes getting over that hurdle will open the door for you to do so much more. And now that I'm not hearing as much about the production elements of Ring of Honor, now then people are starting to debate the merits of the quality of the product. And one thing that I thought tonight's show had that people have said in the past Ring of Honor was lacking is story, is mm -hmm. character. You mm -hmm. know, for a long time, Ring of Honor was the work rate company. You had sure. guys that went out there and they worked great matches. But who are these guys? What are the stakes? A lot of the matches tonight had stakes. I think that's even why the women's match maybe didn't hold its own as well, because it was one of those rare bouts where there wasn't something hanging over it. You know, Hangman Page Cobb has a weird vibe to it. Daniels, uh, Marty had a weird vibe to it. You know, there's stakes with, with Bully and Flip. Of course, the title matches. You know, everything had some stakes to it, and that's not how it's always been. And I think it's going to – it's a very positive step for Ring of Honor going into 2019 to have made the choices they did on tonight's show and uh, to, to have uh, gotten behind the talents they really did. I think that it is very telling when you look at the – the people who won tonight it's not a good guy bad guy thing it's a loyalty thing and there were a lot of very loyal soldiers that were uh put over tonight it reminded me of a show I, I would say this is not an insult i swear but it reminded me of a circa 2006 2007 2008 tna show and that is a bunch of young guys who are hungry fighting for spots a bunch of talent across the card um and, and you got some older guys in the mix right bully ray was out there and a few others but really a, a complete show from the perspective of great work rate something different than what you see from the big company and a, a future right you see guys looking towards what could be next in the next year and I, that that very much reminds me of where tna was uh, about 10 years ago <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, look, and uh, TNA is uh, Impact now, and they've got a good product. But I do sure. feel like Ring of Honor's on another level. I do think that you know, as excited as it was that that sugar uh, high that we all got hearing that Cody and Bucks could be starting their own promotion, how great can that be? Well, you kind of forget a little bit about like it's not just the characters; it's also the stages they've held. And is it going to be as fun when you take those elements out of it? And Ring of Honor and New Japan are still going to be Ring of Honor and New Japan with or without those guys. How are those guys going to deal in a different sandbox? That's going to be the tale of 2019. Can I just add one thing, too, since you mentioned Ring of Honor, New Japan, their partnership? I think it's really fascinating. To your point throughout the night, they put over all the Ring of Honor talent. It reminds me of what New Japan did back at Wrestle Kingdom 12. New Japan put over a bunch of American talent knowing that their expansion was going to be in America over the coming years. And... That's what Ring of Honor did tonight. Our expansion is going to be with this talent pool we have here, and, and they double down on it. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, uh, that is going to bring us to the end of the show here tonight. Uh, we are working on some big post-final battle stuff, so the coverage has not stopped technically for Wrestling Inc. I wish I could say something, but I have at least two things I'm working on that I can't talk about, but uh, maybe by Tuesday here, uh, you guys will get a glimpse uh, through the looking glass about what I'm dealing with uh, as far as the fallout from final battle tonight. Uh, intriguing, right? Mm. Um, uh, but in the interim, we do have WWE TLC this Sunday night. Uh, stay up with us after TLC. We'll have uh, uh, former WWE superstar Matt Morgan with Glenn Rubenstein and Raj Geary. Uh, they're going to be talking all about TLC. Um, tomorrow, we can rest a little bit, but we will have a TLC preview on the site. And then, of course, come back every Wednesday and Thursday, uh, or Wednesday and Thursday next week, noon Eastern, to find me with Justin Labar. Glenn joins us on Wednesdays to do uh, more Wrestling Inc. podcast. Mike, where do you want to send people to find you, follow you, all those great things on the internet? Um, best place to follow me is on Twitter. I am at The Real Wiseman, and you can pretty much find everything about me there. If you're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Michael A. Wiseman, and Instagram, um, I think I am wiseman.ma on there, so you can see pictures of my dog and my cats. That's what everybody wants. But that's mm -hmm. what the internet. You know, I was reading Wrestling Inc.'s analytics for our Twitter earlier. Mm -hmm. Did you know? 
that of all of our Twitter followers, do you know what their number one interest is? And it's not pro wrestling. (laughs) Cats. Dogs. Oh, really? (laughs) We are a dog site, people. (laughs) (laughs) Wrestling, I get, I, I was looking, I was like, I guess that makes sense. Um, anyway, uh, if you like probably a general internet trend, I feel like everybody just loves dogs, right? America is complete crap right now, but at least we have dog pictures. Mike, that's the dome of negativity. You've you've gone back into the dome of negativity here at the end of the show, and I refuse that. Not on a night where Flip Gordon bled buckets, drank beer with the Sandman, and waved the American flag. Am I going to have you saying negativity? about the state of America right now. He Flip made Gordon America great again. What can I say? Flip Gordon made America great again. There you he go. He really did. Flip really turned it around tonight, and I'm proud of him for that. So thank you, Flip Gordon, and thank you all for tuning in. I am Nick Hausman. I am at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. My girlfriend, Liz, has started tweeting under uh, the the at sign at my wrestling GF. So if you want, like, uh, if you, if, like, imagine a girl who really likes RuPaul's Drag Race tweeting about <laughs> pro wrestling <laughs> then they go follow that because you'll have a good time i promise you uh, it was a weird twitter I, I checked it out for a hot minute it was it was different it's gonna be a podcast soon it's gonna be amazing um all right everybody that's it i'm tired i'm lucid i'm gonna have one more beer and go to sleep thank you for tuning in i'll talk to you soon and remember if you winked you didn't miss it good night everybody